Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, we're talking about when you can't be open with your partner and when it's very hard for you to be uh, really open and honest with them. And we'll talk about where this is likely rooted and how it can sabotage your feelings of closeness within your relationship and a lot more. Uh, First, I must tell you to subscribe, as I always do. Most recent was about male biology across the lifespan. I got lots and lots of others, the infamous oral sex on women one, and, um, uh, you know, a lot. (laughs) Sex, parenting, relationships, boundaries, needs, expression of, of needs, expression of not when you should not express your needs, all sorts of things that are covered um, in my podcast episodes that you do not have access to if you are still holding out and not a subscriber yet. So um, now let's turn to the topic at hand, which is when you can't be open with your partner. So if you did not see a loving well, maybe maybe you did think it was loving, but if you did not see an open and genuine communication style between your parents growing up, it is kind of difficult to know what the hell that looks like. And frequently, people think that in a relationship, we just kind of don't say everything we're thinking. And listen, you're right. If your wife looks ugly in her dress, you don't say it. If your husband is like the worst one on his softball team of like all like dads, you don't have to say that. But what you there there's a difference between white lies and not feeling comfortable to express your genuine feelings. And um the the thing is, is you can't really feel deeply known and loved if you don't allow somebody to deeply know you. And so if you have vast uh, parts of your personality and your life philosophy and your goals and your thoughts and dreams that you are hiding from your spouse. I mean, you may not think of it as hiding, but it's just, they don't know it, right? So, I mean, what's the opposite of out there, hidden, you know? And um, you, you, you really can never feel truly loved for who you are unless you show the entirety of who you are. Now, this comes um, obviously at a cost because you need to trust somebody and be vulnerable. And if they're not going to be nice to you, then you and, and you've learned this in the past because maybe you've tried to bring up other things and they weren't nice to you, then certainly then you are not um, that dissuades you from trying to in future open up as it would for anybody. But there are a lot of people who blame their partner uh, for not for them not being able to open up when in reality if they look at it deeper they're really not able to open up to anybody and they don't fully trust anybody and this is really something that they learned growing up and they may even have subconsciously picked a partner whom it was difficult to open up to because this goes along with how they think about the world also many people are especially if they grew up in dysfunctional families they're extremely rejection sensitive another term is rejection dysphoria and um if you're googling if you're a, a googler um and uh, so so let's say so let me give an example so let's say that you are a woman you said to your husband years ago you said you know sometimes i really wonder if i could be an interior designer instead of a teacher and he said Oh, yeah, well, God knows you got expensive taste. I don't know if anybody could afford you. And then you turn around ashamed, thinking that he laughed at your deep desire to just transition careers, thinking that he always has to bring everything back to money and somehow you feel just terrible for having exposed yourself. I mean, like... literally people will tell me these conversations and then they'll turn the, the, you know, like in couples counseling, let's say the husband is there and he's like, you were serious? I didn't know you were serious. Why didn't you ever bring it up again? The conversation was like 10 years ago. And she's like, well, you certainly shed all over it then. And so why would I, I mean, 
do you know how many like it, like uh, misunderstandings there are like this in couples counseling? So those are just the tip of the iceberg. It's like cockroaches. For every one that you see, there's a hundred in the wall. It's the same thing. So there are usually multiple things going on when people do not share their deep feelings. A, they were raised not to do so. Um, and B, there have been many uh, moments where they may have tried. They may have tried as a kid and got shamed by a parent. They may have tried as an adult and got shamed by a significant other. But also they may be very, very rejection sensitive such that they hear shame everywhere or their parents were genuinely shaming and then subsequently they're oversensitive to any sort of thing that isn't 100% enthusiastic, sincere backing, which uh, people can't always do because they honestly don't even know what level of, of serious you are or... Uh, what you mean or like and any number of things, you know, um, or let's say that you're a man and you say, well, I can never be sexually open with my wife because this one time I said uh, back on the honeymoon, this couple have been married, let's say 20 years. This is not uncommon to hear this level, you know, how many years ago empathic ruptures have been, as I discussed in my podcast about empathic ruptures. But um, he'll say, well, you know, years ago I said it would be fun if you would dress up like that, meaning some sort of thing, outfit, kink thing, and you laughed and you said, oh, yeah, and your dreams. And I was shamed, and that's why I have not subsequently for the next two decades brought up with you my ongoing interest in uh, latex or whatever the fuck, right? And the woman was like, what? That was real? You wanted me? Why didn't you say it again? I mean, you know, I was 20. I probably would have done it. You know, I mean, like there's always these kinds of things. And sometimes the woman will be like, oh, no, I wasn't going to do that. You know, but I didn't think you took it that hard. I mean, I would have done other stuff. And so when Yes, there are certainly situations where you're in a toxic relationship and uh, the person just, you know, laughs at you and shames you and is emotionally abusive. This is not the majority of the people who are listening to my podcast trying to save their relationships. The majority of people are not in that sort of situation, thankfully. They're in a situation where there are some sorts of disconnects, but overall they do feel loved and respected by their partner. So in that case, you really have to look internally and you have to say, how would I act if I had been raised in a different sort of more functional normative household that did not erode my self-esteem? Maybe in that case, uh, let's use the most recent example, I would have said, oh yeah, no, I really do like that kind of outfit. I'm excited. I want actually to buy one for you. Would you try it one time? That's what a guy would say who doesn't expect to be rejected, right? Or in the other one, she would say, no, no, I'm serious. I want to be an interior designer. I'm thinking of not working. I hate teaching and I want to um, transition out of it. And I thought maybe if I got a couple of clients, then, then that would be something that wouldn't even give us as big of an income hit or whatever. So you see the difference, obviously. If you come off as somebody who expects people to take you seriously when you open up and expects people to be genuinely curious and interested and empathic, then you that's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Then you project that and you, when somebody doesn't believe you or laughs or something, you, you double down and you say, no, no, but listen again. And you kind of... Um, not defend your position in a way that implies defensive or, or something that there is an attack, but you, you know, you restate and you are serious and you really say what you mean. And 
the, the other time, by the way, that people say that, oh, it doesn't go well. Like you say to be open with my partner, but it doesn't go well with my partner. And I said, well, what, what are you talking about? Well, I told my partner that they are the reason that I'm so miserable. And uh, it's really not just them. I really think that it is the way that they were raised. And, you know, they were t- completely not open to hearing my open discussion about how much they suck. Yeah. Oh, hey, wow. No shit. So if the if, if the sum total of your prior experience with being open and authentic is limited to critiquing your partner, well, guess what? It's not going to go so well. Then they already have a bad taste in their mouth because you being open is associated with you're going to be real open about how much you think that they need to change. That is not open. That's fake open. That's just being critical. And what real open might be is, you know, I've been thinking about why, you know, you upset me in this and this way. And yes, I think you can be insensitive. You were certainly raised in an insensitive house. But, you know, I think I was coddled. I think that nobody ever teased me growing up, didn't have siblings of the same age. And so I think that I could be oversensitive. You could be undersensitive. There's very few people that aren't going to listen to that. That's actually being open. That's putting yourself out there. It doesn't exactly make you vulnerable to criticize your partner. That's not a vulnerable stance. Vulnerable is sharing something deep within you. So it's a, it's a good thing to practice, to think about what are things that I just think I can't share with my partner. You know, it's so funny. There's always these um, memes and stuff. Um, at least there used to be, I'm sure there still are some, but um, about like the women who hide their purchases from their husband. Like, so uh, the, they hide the shopping bags in the trunk or whatever they do. This is terrible. I mean, that's like literally lying. And if they're saying, well, this is because he would criticize my purchases, you got so many bigger fish to fry in the relationship. You don't trust him to be nice to you. He doesn't trust you with spending. He's got trust issues. You got trust issues. Nothing is going well. What do you think? He's never going to find out also. I mean, and, and it's who wants to live like that where they can't buy something from Target? On his end, who wants to live that they uh, have no idea where their money is going? I mean, And if the woman's, let's say, buying it with all her own money, then why should he be controlling her? And if, let's say, she's buying it with her own money, but, like, he's paying for literally everything else, how is that happening? You know, there's just so much to actually genuinely work on in these situations, but it's masked by the fact that these things are hidden and, in many cases, lied to because of some sort of idea that, like, um, oh, the person wouldn't really want to know and I couldn't really get to keep doing what I I want if they knew. Same thing as men who hide porn watching from their wife. Oh, she doesn't want to know. No, she don't want you to do it. That's different. <laughs> yeah, she does want to know that you're not doing it. And she probably has some good reasons. So that's why I frequently tell people stop doing the masturbating and the porn. Because then you are going to be very open about your sexual desire. You're not deviating it. You're not you're, you're not deviating like a deviant. <laughs> um, like you're, you're not... You're not redirecting the desire into something else so that it can stay hidden. If you stop masturbating and your sex life is shit, well, it's going to be, um, I count down like 48 hours until you have a much more open discussion about sex, you know, because you no longer have your secret way to get rid of your sexual desire. And then maybe finally the marriage can be worked on, the sex life within the marriage, which it ought to have been in the first place, but it is extremely scary for people to do that. Unsurprisingly, it's very scary to uh, change and to deeply examine what is going wrong in a relationship, particularly in a sensitive area such as sex 
context where both people have their individual biases and frames and, and sources of shame and insecurity, etc. So what should you get from this podcast? If you have something, any little thing that you don't tell your partner, examine the reasons why you don't and think about how different your relationship could be if you were not a person that felt like they had to hide little things or big things from their partner. It's just like all these people that are still like texting with an ex, you know, or like Facebook messaging with an ex and the partner doesn't really know. How are you helping your marriage? You're not. Some people think that having something that they don't say it's an emotional affair, but it kind of is an emotional affair. It's a friend, whatever. Some people think that this is, in fact, uh, not bad for the marriage because, you know, a partner doesn't really want to talk to them that much anyway, it seems. So here they are diverting their energy to something else. That was the word I was going for before, divert, not deviate. (laughs) But anyway, this is, uh, you know, uniformly an incorrect, uh, harmful assumption. And it's really because the person doesn't want to have to stop talking to this person. And they don't maybe want to do the hard work of examining what in the marriage is worth working on and beginning the hard work of doing so. So any situation where you have a big secret, And then there's even littler things, like people who don't want to tell their husband that, like, they, um, you know, dye their hair or or something like that. This used to be more prevalent in the age before men, you know, kind of knew more about grooming and sorts of things like that. So this is among older people, you know, or, or they don't want to tell the partner that they've had plastic surgery or something like that. Why? Do you want to be with somebody truly that would judge you for these sorts of things where you always have to watch yourself and choices that you would otherwise not be ashamed of? You are somehow uh, projecting some sort of shame by virtue of that you are not sharing them. I mean, it's it's just a uh, matter of do you want to be, everybody's got a yearning to be deeply and truly known and loved. Are you what's standing in your way, in your own way from getting there? Um, and also for people with children, what are you showing your children? They pick up on that there's a guardedness. They pick up on that there's a guardedness. They frequently pick up on we don't tell daddy slash mommy everything, you know. I mean, that's why I don't think that the stuff is cute when there's like little videos about, oh, we're going to go to McDonald's, but don't tell mommy that we had McDonald's for lunch. Don't do shit like that to your children. They should be able to say everything that they do with one parent to the other parent, whether or not you're divorced or, or together. You know, that puts a child in a bind, an impossible situation. And then they learn at your knee directly that relationships are a place where we lie and we have to hide things that we do and we have to hide who we are. And then, um, of course, they are going to do it in one way or another within their own intimate relationships. That is not a legacy that most people want to pass on to their children because even if you do it yourself. You certainly don't want to picture your child having to hide parts of themselves or their actions from a significant other and feeling that they would not be fully loved if they showed, you know, the entirety of who they are. So think about this. Think about if there are any small or large things that you could share with a spouse that aren't about how much you dislike them and how much you've been introspecting about why you do, um, but rather are things about yourself that make you vulnerable, that put you out there in ways that you haven't been, and potentially uh, could, if, if shared, A, make you feel closer and more connected and more fully known, or B, finally overtly tackle a covert hidden problem in the relationship you know like the one about the secret porn use and then you know the couple's not working on their sex life because she doesn't know there's an issue
etc. So think about this and uh, perhaps use it to really try something new of opening up in a new different way to your partner. And I hope you all got a lot out of this and I will talk to everybody soon. Please subscribe.